Welcome along to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Well, we're back again, lads, after our episode with John Mulhall last week. I'm delighted to be joined here in Giggles' living room. Thanks for having us, Giggles. Yeah, it kind of feels a bit lonely without John this week, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's not the same, but it's great to have yourself and Shawnee back. And welcome along, Shawnee. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Giggles, for the hospitality. Bumper episode last week, lads. It's going to be hard to back it up this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, in fairness to John, he was box office. Like you know, he drew he drew in the listeners. It was our most popular episode to date. Won't go through the stats, but we have people all over the world tuning in. We've got a lot of action as well on um, on social media. We had some tweets in. We had. A, tweet in there from uh tom murphy at tom underscore murphy 32 another great listen from Acadie GAA with another winner and championship preview with another great competition but what's the prize lads fair question tom fair question tom we're working on an australian prize and an irish slash rest of the world listener prize so it depends on where you're from will decide on the prize you win so more details to be announced on that shortly we should have that for you next week um also got a tweet in from Parik Neary at Dirty Miss Neary the latest podcast from the boys at Acad DGA is a cracking listen I think John has made a strong claim for a regular championship slot I think we'll take him <laughs> yeah I think we'll definitely take him absolutely yeah definitely getting back on he's very insightful um, another tweet in from um, Tommy O'Neill so at Lenny KK made some vague references to the prediction competition obviously entries need to be in before the first game on Saturday yes question mark yes that was correct Tommy entries were in last Saturday got lots of entries lads Got over yeah, forty, 40 saying, over yeah. forty entries um, on Twitter, Instagram, and the in the email. But the funny thing about it was the variation in them. Yeah. Like there's none, not one the same between with the ten that you had to pick. If you get me, there's not one the same out of no, forty. Not one the same. But, but there is so many variables yeah, in it. Just yeah, two yeah, tables yeah. of five, you know. Very hard. Yeah, I, th- I was when I was looking at the competition. Right, I said there's surely going to be something the same. No, all different because even like. People who might have the f- top two the same yeah. as then they'd have something like Watford's last in, in one last group. Yeah. Or, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm. So it was just interesting interesting to see that. Um, yeah, what else? We got a great email in from Derek O'Donnell, who's a, a regular listener, saying, Well done, guys, for another great episode. Quickly becoming a favourite cod pas- podcast with the balance of. In- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, t- couldn't read there properly. Uh, with the balance of insight, slagging, and fun. So thanks for that, Derek. That's an, an, a nice email to get. Um, but I suppose the big news from last week we got mentioned in sportsjoe.ie mm, yeah, um, picked up right. picked up on the podcast and I was on to John about he said it must have been a slow news day on sportsjoe.ie <laughs> when they when they were writing an article about about the show but it was a really good article I think because they had John on last year and they uh yeah, wrote a nice little piece about it. Yeah, I think there was always going to be some medium at home pick it up somewhere because Mulhall is such a kind of a character. And to be honest, he gives so much like honest insight into kind of his time. And there was mixed in the the kind of fun with the series as well. So it was it was a great interview, a great chat with John. And yeah, there was always going to someone pick it up. And I think the guys in Sport Joe that year kind of always trawling for something. I think they did uh, they previewed their own club there about a year ago around the world around the world in eighty clubs. They did the whole thing. And we were previewed on that. So, yeah, they're always looking for kind of abstract stories, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right, though, just back on what you are saying about John, it was the right balance of him kind of telling a few funny stories, but also his insight was, you know, 
quite good into that Kilkenny's set up and also his own time out here and we'll be hoping over the next few months to have, do another couple of interviews we have a couple of people in the pipeline that we're working on we won't name names yet but over the summer as the championships unfolds so speaking on the championship we had a, a great weekend just gone by and the show we're going to cover the, the Kilkenny Dublin game also look at the other games in Leinster with a preview of Munster and also we'll look ahead or look back and just on, on, on the football between Galway and, and Mayo before we finish up so we might just get into it now and we'll have a look back at Kilkenny and Dublin. So lads, Kilkenny Dublin, we all predicted a Kilkenny win. I think, Giggles, you were probably closest on the money in terms of how you, you said the way it could go and the tightness of it. And, you know, in terms of Dublin and how they were kind of set up and they, they did set up kind of as you thought, yeah. very tight. And Parnell Park was very tight and Kilkenny got out of jail right at the end. Yeah, I, I, I probably didn't envisage Dublin being ahead by five points with 10 minutes to go, to be honest. Um... I didn't envisage Dublin playing with a sweeper. They hadn't done that in the whole league. Um, but Pat Gilroy obviously had a plan from day one in the league. He, he he knew he was going to get to a league quarter final. He gave Tip a bit of a challenge for 60 minutes. And then he kind of got these boys back. He had Paul Ryan, Cohen Keenley, the guys that Joe Cunningham annihilated and dropped and kicked off the panel were his top performers. Liam Rush back to full forward. If you remember back in... Oh, 9, 10, 11, that's where Liam Rush started his career with Dublin and, and probably won at Leinster there before he was moved back centre-back. So he's a very effective full forward. And that trio really, I guess, is gaining all the plaudits from a f- attacking perspective as opposed to what we would have been expecting, maybe Colin Fendley and TJ Reid and Walter Walsh mm, to get the plaudits. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose just on Keeney, obviously, he's probably the story of the game really from a Dublin point of view and I think we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. But I'd just like to play a bit of audio from last week's show on Giggles on... On Keeney, so giggles, you just throw the headphones. I know what I listen. said. It's all right. We'll don't need to. We'll, we'll, we'll just play it there. We'll just yeah, play it yeah. there for the listeners. So we'll just recap. So if you can just be quiet there for a second, lads. If you look at the Dublin forward line, you look at. You don't look at any TJ Reid or Walter Welch. Like give Conal Keeney coming back and Jesus, he's thirty-five years of age. Like you know, you nearly give him the walking stick at this stage. Oh, harsh. Yeah, nearly give him the walking stick at this stage was the quote about Conal Keeney. Looking fair enough. Look, he's thirty-five coming back in there, but. I reckon if he hadn't gone off at the 62nd minute, he was in for man the match. Now, it was Chris Crum, he got man the match on a Sunday game, but Conal Keeney was unbelievable. Four points from play. He was involved in all of Dublin's main scores. 
Killian Buckley had an awful time on him. Yeah, like Killian Buckley really like really struggled with him. Killian Buckley really only came into the game when he went off, and 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 like it was a massive launching pad for Kikini. Um, I also think the the tightness of the pitch kind of suited Colin Keeney as well in terms of like he didn't have a lot of ground to cover, and I think that would have suited um, that would have suited Kikini a lot better. And I know a lot of people are reckon that Kikini would would prefer a tighter pitch, but. I thought it actually suited uh, suited Dublin, uh, Dublin a, lot, a lot better like that. So, yeah, that was that was a huge statement by uh, Giggles um, and and a, f- and, a, and a phenomenal performance by Keeney until he went off. Yeah, and Vincent Hogan in the Irish Independent Monday said, "Colonel Keeney summoned a rebuke to those who consider thirty-five-year-old inter-county hurlers to be in need of protection from themselves." Yeah. So, I think a lot of people were probably skeptical of his return, including our own Giggles. But God, he like he'll be a massive. Plus, if they have him back, he yeah. went off injured for 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 Saturday against Wexford. Now, I think he did have a, a rib injury or a, I think shoulder. His shoulder. I think it's only bruised in the end, but it looked quite nasty at the yeah. time when he went down. But I think he's going to be okay to play. Um, but like double led from the second minute to the seventy second minute. You know what I mean? Like that whole, the game was theirs. It was those wides I think that killed him. And Kilkenny, if you like, you saw against Watford last year. I know Watford went down a bit in extra time, but if you leave Kilkenny hanging on. Even it doesn't matter what team is there. Seven championship starters yesterday, they hung in and hung in and hung in. And I think that is the Brian Cody factor that they never gave up, even though they, they shouldn't have been in that game. Yeah, that, that's what you said. You said when you were watching the game, I said, were you panicking with 10 minutes to go? And you said, well, we weren't really put away. So I always thought, and if you think back exactly, you referenced it there, the Watford game last year, Watford had Kilkenny beaten further than Dublin out the gate and still got back for a draw. And they went on to lose the next time, but they easily could have pipped it. So they just have a knack of doing that. Cody's nine lives with the cats. We're hoping that they kind of run out. Yeah. <laughs> We're hoping that's the ninth one. But we is certainly Johnny or the rest of Ireland. Yeah, probably the rest Shani, of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a huge win for Kilkenny. Um, I don't know. They, they just didn't perform. Like their their star players, as you say, Killian Buckley, who is their talisman. Obviously, Pat Gilroy earmarked Conal Keeney. He said Conal will go out and play the best game we ever played, but just stop him hurling. And he managed to score four points on yeah, top of stopping him hurling. It. And he was instrumental in everything Dublin did. He, he was made, he was phenomenal. Yeah, he made Killian Buckley do a lot of work. And I think I think it goes down to the fact as well that like you just can't put Kilkenny away. Like and Kilkenny brought on all all the experienced guys, which actually powered them through in the end. And in Dublin started to bring on experienced guys as well towards the end to kind of, you know, slow the game down and, and, you know, stop the momentum of Kilkenny and they just couldn't do it. I thought, in fact, actually, that the goal that uh, Blanchfield got, that was a free out because oh, yeah. he, like, he definitely fouled the cornerback he was coming out and if you could see as well, when he was after dispossessing him or dropping the ball, you could see the strap of his helmet was after coming off as well so he had to pull in the helmet off him as well. So there was a number of fouls, I think, uh, on the cornerback and he was very unlucky, you know. He had pure desperation at getting back and in with a trying to get a sliding tackle in and just <laughs> couldn't, couldn't couldn't make contact. But uh, I think it was the factor of the you know the experience of Kilkenny guys. You know Paul Murphy and Colin Finley had a huge turning point in the game and you know just brought that momentum over the line. Yeah, I think the Paul Murphy and Colin Finley made a huge difference. Kilkenny were struggling the half back line and struggling the half forward line, and Colin Finley came on, scored three points in play, and from time gone by, Colin Finley. Funny striking might have been called into question. He yeah. scored a point, yeah. a point I understand there, Michael Kenny are really up against it. And his physique, he's after like turning to a tank. Yeah. From a lad when he came on to the intercounty season maybe six years ago, was quite scrawny but mm. very tall, but now he's an absolute beast. Yeah. Um but look, Kilkenny, like you were touching on it last week, that if TJ doesn't fire for Kilkenny, Kilkenny are, are going to be in trouble. And we saw that in the forwards 
like when TJ wasn't firing there was no score from playing until the 26th minute when James Maher scored yeah. from midfield yeah. like Dublin really shut them down and it was Kilkenny's distribution was really not not great even striking in, in time and in space yeah. and Killian Buckley got caught a couple of times miscued a couple of balls on his own hitting straight to the Dublin sweeper I know you'll say Parnell Park is tight but I think Dublin just had them under so much pressure yeah. that Everton was you know they were off off hinge I suppose when they were, were striking a lot of the time and I think I think the other thing Brian Corey will have to look at and it'll be interesting to see how other full forward lines line up but is Padraig Welch a full back right so he kind of probably got away with in the league uh, he did mark Jason Ford who got a lot of scores off him in the final but has he really been tested he was tested I'll tell you he was tested on Sunday and maybe it's been unfair because I don't think there's a, fo- a full forward out there Format. as physical and as strong and as direct as oh. Liam Rush yeah. Liam Rush is like an animal he's played the last couple of years as centre back and obviously was Dublin's main man in the backs but Jesus every time he got the ball it was just turn and straight for goal there was no question he there was no question and straight for the goal like. he, he took around 15 steps twice he hit well, Padraig yeah. Welch's shoulder there at one stage and put him on his hole and yeah. it was like it was like Padraig Welch was like a rag doll being thrown around yeah. Parnell Park it, it was it was something so maybe that's just a lesson for other teams like Cody does it with Walter Welch Walter goes into full forward and he blows lads away I was just about to Brian say on the, on the flip yeah. side Walter Welch was phenomenal in fairness he was yeah. keeping Kilkenny in the game in the first half like he's like He's six foot five, like, and his size, power, and pace, like, I mean, there's not not a full back in the country can handle him if he's got given a bit of space and given a good, decent bit of ball. So, like, as you're saying there, Liam, if they got direct ball, you know, more direct ball into Walter Walsh, could have been a different game at halftime as well. Yeah. But I think Kenny probably need to work on their half forward line. TJ is obviously one of the best players; he is the best player in the country at the moment. But they're the double half back line cleared up, yeah. and the sweeper yeah. could yeah. they couldn't deal with it. Yeah. And I didn't think, like, what's his name, the the young lad, 19 years, Kyogen, is it? Mark Kyogen, yeah. Kyogen was anonymous. Yeah. And who was the other wing forward was... John Donnelly, who actually think he, wa- so, he, he worked, worked very hard. He yeah. worked very hard and he got he a couple points. Back a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he, he seemed to be going back his own against towards his own goal more so than, you know, attacking. Yeah. Especially right. in the first half and under pressure. But Mossy Kyogen probably had been Kilkenny's one of the standout players in the league and he, yeah. he came off before half-time along with yeah. Bill Sheen. So, like, yeah... They'll do well to get back in the next day, seeing how well Colin Fenley did oh. when he came in. And Blanchfield, yeah. like looking at just at the impact of the subs, you had Colin Fenley scored three points, Blanchfield scored a goal, and Luke Scanlon actually gave Blanchfield a hand pass for the goal. Right, and Paul Murphy was set at the backs down. So, like, you'd probably expect the boys to come in the next day. Um, and start. They will start. start. Against yeah, I'll start. Yeah, and two guys who've been probably out of the game, out, you know, That's completely it. out of the league, you know, competition as well. So being yeah. overseas with the Irish Army, like, and to come back, like, that's one thing you'd question would be their hurling. Yeah. Where, but their hurling was sharpness, was their hurling, everything, yeah. like their physicality. Obviously, you get yeah. that's a given. But like, kind of went through with the ball there in the second half, and like he was just again pure power and pace. Look, look, Kenny though did look at times very like suspect at the back. Like Joey Holden couldn't mm. rise the ball. No. I'd say three or four times he went down to one hand row lift on his own twenty one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you just can't do that. Mm. And if it doesn't come up the first time, what do you do? You go two hands. He went one hand like three times trying to roll lift, and he did that two or three times, and it was awful to watch. And they got turned over, and, got, yeah. and Dublin got scores out. Of it. So, um, the, like yeah, that full back line had I suppose you could say wasn't probably properly tested during the league. They got a serious test at the weekend and they got showed up. They yeah. shipped three goals and I, I think that's, like you said, Giggles, that'll be targeted for their next Yeah. Next the the only thing I'd say for, for 
on Kilkenny's to give him credit like they won the game first of all which is huge the second thing is anybody going to Parnell Park playing Dublin in a competitive match knows it's next to near impossible to get a victory out there Tipperary have gone up there Waterford have gone up there Cork have gone up there all come home with their tail between their legs because Dublin just love it and, and going back to the kind of talking about Conal Keeney and Liam Rush and Paul Ryan big strong physical maybe pushing on in years but Parnell Park would have suited those guys because they're not running an extra 10 yards out to the sideline to get the ball That's in, too, yeah. like you would be in Crow Park or like you would be in yeah. Semper Stadium so Paul Ryan in particular was able to shoot from the sideline he was able to kind of get in close to goal and use his skill whereas it'll be interesting to see will Paul Ryan have the same effect in the in the open space to Crow Park with the couple of years that he's on him since his last yeah, kind exactly of played. so yeah. it'll be interesting yeah and look like as Brian Cody alluded today after the game if they had lost that game, they would have been Kenny would have been under serious pressure for the rest of it. And now that's the position Dublin are in. Like Dublin have had this like blowing everyone away with their performance, but yet they've won one game, one loss. They're going down to Wexford Park now this weekend. And like Wex as you said to me, Giggles, before we came on air, Wexford the cat's out of the bag now yeah. on Dublin. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And if they're gonna play that system again, it's not going to be a shock for Davy Fitz and, no, the, no. and the boys on Saturday night. And if it's two sweepers against each other, Wexford are probably that bit more refined and playing that approach. If some of them don't win this weekend, their championship is probably over for the year. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the flip side of it is it's not either because they have to beat Offaly then, otherwise they're relegated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So in Leinster, and look, everyone's talking about the Sunday game, and to be fair, it's so wrong. It that is. Yeah. It, it should just be a playoff with the Leinster team as well. It shouldn't be a relegation. Oh yeah, it shouldn't be any different. It, it should be the exact same. Um, I don't think the team should automatically go down. I don't believe that because I think there's too big of a gap. But if a team coming from the Christie ring does manage to beat a Munster team or a Leinster team in a playoff, then you've got no argument. So it's as fair as it can be. But it's, it's crazy. And I think every, yeah, Michael Dignan said to him, I wouldn't be a big fan of Michael Dignan now, but he did say, generally a Congress, they do these things and then by the time they realise the implications of them, it's too late to go and change it back. And this is yeah. something that's absolutely crazy that you'll have Offaly or Dublin, by the looks of it, uh, playing in the McDonough Cup next year. <coughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking and it's completely unfair, as you said. I mean, Unless Kerry win the McDonough Cup, which could happen as well. Yeah, but like on. if... if you might as well put the Leinster team into that playoff competition as well. No, that's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah, it's, no, it's, but like, it's, it's like, completely unfair. You know, when they're at equal ranking for yeah, everything else. Exactly. Yeah. So look, I think look, there's always learnings from when these new systems come in. And like that's been flagged for a while. And now just because it started all of a sudden, it's being talked about at length now. Yeah. But the horse is bold. But, this yeah, is what's happening. This, but this is what's happening this year. That, that'll that's the club back or Leinster uh, County back maybe oh, two or three years. Yeah. Like I wouldn't fa- if I was Offaly or Dublin and end up getting relegated, like it's not an easy thing to come back out of. No. Do you know what I mean? Like it's hard plus, down there. Plus imagine like take take Offaly as an example and we're still on the Dublin game, but Kevin Martin, he's, they're making serious strides. They've exactly. they've brought an internal manager in, which is the, the best way to go in a county. I think anyone will see that. They've got young players coming in. They've got a real bit of momentum. They're not getting hammered by Galway, even though it did turn out to be 12 points in the end. Um, and they could be throwing back down to John McGlynn yeah. Cup and absolutely throw away the whole year in terms of progress. Yeah. On the flip side then though, if you win the John McDonough Cup, you're into an All-Ireland preliminary quarterfinals, which is kind of like Division 2A, you kind of, or 1B, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You, you kind of have the maybe easier route and then you've got one game away from an All-Ireland quarterfinal. Yeah, look. Not that, it, I don't agree with that. Now, just, is, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be up to back the pace right. and speed of who you're going to face in that quarterfinal. Like. But look, look, Dublin won't be all up against it now against Wexford at the weekend. Kilkenny, you'll expect, will we'll get the win over Offaly in Nolan Park. In Nolan Park, okay. In right, Nolan Park. Yeah, will, yeah. Um, quickly on the Galway Offaly game, we did touch on it. Like, 
fairness to Offrey, they gave it a good rattle for probably the first 30 minutes and then Godway just got goals and the Offaly goalie put in a number of amazing saves where it could have been another easily three or four goals. But like Galway started with 13 out of 15 to start the dollar in final. It was, they were always going to be up against it. But like you said, like 12 points is obviously a significant beating, but they were competitive, you know, and they were trying to play a certain way and they didn't just go back and try and do a double sweeper like they did last year. Michael Dyke and said, like they went out and tried to hurt as best they could. And yeah, they're doing great work up there in Offaly, but they really are going to be up against it now. It's probably going to be two losses from two after next weekend. I think if you have another clip there to play back, Liam, I think I said Dublin by two points and Offaly by 12 to 15, I think was, was my predictions. Uh, Galway by 12 to 15. Galway by 12 yeah. to 15. Yeah, just on that, actually, we, we, we did throw to Shawnee for the prediction on that. A lot of listener feedback on this. And uh, Shawnee thought it was Wexford were playing, know, we're playing yeah. Galway. <laughs> and he said it twice. But what actually happened for the listeners, obviously, it's kind of it's not on TV or anything wrong in the radio medium here. Shawnee does be on his laptop when we're talking sometimes. <laughs> and then I threw to Shawnee and he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, Galway, Wexford there the weekend. I was like, oh, my God. I'm just going to leave him talk here because it might be a lesson for him. So, uh, Shawnee, uh, any feedback I've on that? Absolutely no, no feedback, nor to hide on that one, I think. And it was all. I was caught rotten. A couple, caught yeah, a couple of people I've, said it to me. Yeah. We, we'll move on from it. We, we won't dwell on it, but just just listen in future. Yeah. I think I think Galway just very quickly they look like the, the the team to beat in the All Ireland this year. Just first game out, probably a bit of rustiness back in the backs, which they conceded the two goals. But just the fluidity of their forwards when they get going is just it's immense. They've got six. They've probably got nine forwards that can come on and score two two or two four. And then like Jason Flynn coming off the bench there, he'd be starting on any team in the country. Yeah. And he just buries a goal easy, jogs back out. And he's physically big. He's fast. He's skillful left right. They've got a serious panel there. So we're going for a Kilkenny win on on that for Kilkenny Offaly. God, we have to break. Yeah. Why are we going Wexford Dublin predictions giggles? It's probably it's, it is actually not probably it is the be, the biggest hurling game of the weekend in terms of like material importance because if Wexford lose they have to go beat either Kilkenny or Galway to stay in the championship. If Dublin lose they're staring down the face of relegation if they have to play off and as you said their season is pretty much over unless they get a win against Galway. Predictions I don't know. I think Wexford were so bad against Kilkenny in that semi-final. It kind of took the glass off what they've done so far this year. Dublin have impressed. I think it's it's 50-50. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a draw on Sunday. Draw. He's going for a draw, Shani. No, I can't. I can't see that at all. I I I just think Wexford will be primed and ready. Davy Fitz team will be absolutely jumping to go. I'd say I, I'd say it'll be Dublin by four or five points. Okay, and I'm going to go for a Wexford win as well. I think down in Wexford Park, I think Dublin will, you know, it'll be hard to pick themselves mm. back up for next weekend. You know what I mean? Like, even though they put in a fantastic performance, you've seen Chris Crummy there on the Sunday game getting his man to match award. He was like, mm. never seen a man so devastated getting a man to match award. I know he wanted to get, to get the win, but I, I just think they'll find it hard. Cat is out of the bag. Sweeper versus sweeper. I think Wexford might have enough for him on the day. But look, that's that's Leinster covered off. We've also got the Munster Championship coming up on 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 this weekend. I know the boys love their Munster hurling, so we might touch on that. We're back next with Cork Clare and Limerick Tip. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford them, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and. I, I, I love I love I love me county you know We love Jamalan oh, yeah. Dry your eyes mate I know 
Alright lads, your favourite time of year, the Monster Hurling Championship is back with us this weekend. We've got Cork versus Clare in Parky Cueve and Limerick versus Tape down in Limerick. Um, Limerick and Tape, very interesting one. Tape really struggled to beat Limerick in Limerick. They don't have a great record down there. Talking to a Tip man on the phone there this morning, giving me the inside line. Seamus Callan is going to be on the bench, won't be starting, but he is going to play a part in the game, but he hasn't done enough for a starting position. Mm-hmm. Looks like Jason Ford probably hang on to full forward. And apparently Bubbles Odewire absolutely flying for killing all, scored 113 for, for them there last week, or two weeks ago in the club. So if the tip forwards go well, do you think they'll have enough to get over Limerick? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting one. As you said, they have a terrible record against Limerick in the Gaelic rounds, uh, even when they've always had stronger teams. The one worry I'd have for Tip coming into this, like I think if you looked at all the predictions, I think every single person, Liam, I don't know, I could be wrong here, I didn't see them all, but would have had Tip in their top three, right? Definitely, yeah. And at the same time, they just don't appear to have a settled team. Like, what will Tip have forward line be the next day? God knows after the league final, like because they all got substituted or taken off. Who will be in midfield? Will it be Carl Barrett? Will it be Brendan Maher? Will it be Ronan Maher? Michael Ryan did an awful lot of experimenting through the league, got to the final fair play to him, but I say he still doesn't know his best team. Um, he's had a, a bad habit of not starting his best team and then relying on him to come on to win a game for him and just about pipping it like Bubbles Dwyer against Galway two years ago. If James Callan is, is fit and willing to start, I think he should be starting because he, he's a man who can go to town on a defence. And um, I don't know, It's it, this one's a very hard one to call. My, my kind of head says tip my heart says Limerick because of the Gaelic grounds and the way that they kind of have a record against Tipperary yeah I'd be, I'd be the same opinion it was giggles there and that one I'm kind of you're just you just have got this thing in your heart where you can see Limerick turning up on the day when a bit of, with a bit of a Limerick crow behind them getting that bit of a momentum the same thing what they did to Galway this year in the league you know when they get that Limerick crow behind them it's, it, they really thrive on, on that energy they get from the crow down there they're very passionate supporters Um but again, tip, tip on the flip side, yeah, like if Jason Ford absolutely hopping, Bubbles O'Dwyer got Canlan to come in there. I think, I just think their full back line is very, very suspect, and I, th- I think Limerick can expose it, and I think they can get through them. Um, but Limerick's full forward line isn't very well known. It's, it's still no. very young, but they in all their games they've gone at the full back line. Like I think they have a Barry Murphy there. They've your man, the f- he's only nineteen or twenty. Kyle Hayes, Hayes yeah. plays centre back for the twenty ones. They've got him. Yeah, they've they've got they, Seamus Flanagan, and these they just go at teams. Like and they, they don't they look as stylish. Probably one of the best full backs in the game at the moment from Galway. Like so, I mean if they can get around him. Well, no, Dahi Burke wasn't playing that day. He was away with Corrigan playing football. Oh, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. So James Barry against Kilkenny was awful. Like, yeah, for like yeah. he was shocking. Look, on the other side of it, like I think the Kilkenny game, and uh, I think. I still think Tip are probably one of my favourites for the All Ireland this year because I think that kick up the arse they got against Kilkenny, like they they want to repeat it after the rest of the year. I think that's mm. the best lesson they could have learned all year. I think that will spur them on, but I just think Limerick will catch them in the Gaelic yeah. rounds. The one thing I'd say then about Limerick, I think they have to get over here is I don't think they've beaten one of the top teams in the championship in a long, long time. They haven't like they haven't beaten Watford since two thousand and seven. They haven't beaten a Kilkenny. They haven't beaten a Tip. Other than the kind of couple, good couple of years ago, so actually probably I'm wrong in saying that they've beaten Tip a couple of times, but yeah. they've never beaten Galway. They haven't beaten Clare in, in a really yeah. big championship match. True. 
when's the last time Limerick mm. pulled a win out they all seem to be the kind of lose by two points below Nolan Park or two points in the semi-final Crow Park to nearly nearly beat someone it's kind of like time from now after winning three or four under 21s to come out and win a good couple yeah. of championship matches and I think the lose uh, you said it Dublin are under pressure now the losers of this game whether it be Tip or Limerick are in, like, under massive pressure straight away mm, mm. and like I, I think what we've seen from the weekend is that you see it's like the AFL out here when the end of a game if a team loses they're crushed even though it's a league game yeah. like you know it's essentially a league and you saw it there like you said a touch on Dublin it's like it, it does have an effect you have to turn yourself around for a week later to play again and like Tipperary coming on the back of that Kenny loss really have to point a, a really good performance to get over Limerick if they don't turn up if they're not switched on Limerick I think will take them on form and having the home ground advantage so I'm going to tip a, I'm going to go for Limerick in this one Limerick I reckon if Bonner Maher starts in the half forward line and he starts bubbles and he starts chasing forward and McGrath John McGrath fuck it I can't go I can't go against Tipperary on it I think if they've run a Maher in midfield as well Brendan Maher bought him did yeah, they the have the but they've had the names going down to Limerick yeah. before that golden generation yeah. from 2009 onwards I think they've played Limerick I'm not sure I think it's two or three times down in Gaelic grounds in yeah, that semi and haven't beaten them yeah. do you know what I mean like that obviously has to end at some point but Limerick are going particularly well like bad Limerick teams have beaten them down there yeah. this is a good Limerick team at the yeah. moment I'm going to go for a 5 point Tipperary win 5 point Tipperary okay Shani I would say a 2 point Limerick win 2 point Limerick 2 point Limerick one tip okay okay we'll see Shani had a great run last year under predictions he did yeah yeah so best tip, he tipped Wexford last week though they weren't even playing <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give him <laughs> tune in now Shani come on I need you here <laughs> Um, th- then we got obviously over the road in, in Parky Cueve we've got Cork versus Clare the beautiful new 45 50,000 seater stadium there'll probably be only 20,000 people at this Sunday they're, they're thinking and Ed Sheeran had 45, 50 for three nights in a row what does that say about hurling Cork at the moment Sean? that's only a prediction Liam I wouldn't be taking any notice of that I reckon the Cork people will, will turn out and support do you think it'll be 45,000 I don't think there'll be 45,000 I think there'll be more than 20,000 yeah. but give me a number Oh, geez, a prediction? 38,500. <laughs> 38, yeah, he'd be doing well to get that, I think. Which um, is unfortunate, though, isn't it? Like, oh, he's lucky, and all jokes aside, it, it is. Um, especially with a new a new stadium like that. You know, it's fantastic facilities. Um, normally, the car crowd are good to get behind the team. but Behind a winning team, normally. Not so no, much for everyone average. Well, I wouldn't say that either. Well, you had Owen Cadigan in the, the 42 during the week saying they're the best supporters in the world, but also the most fickle supporters in the world. Oh, that's yeah. a fact. I can it's ad- contradictory, isn't it? Yeah, I can, it was. I can, <laughs> I can agree with that, having both parents from Cork. They're great. You hear them when they're winning. You don't hear too much of them when they're not doing much yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But I think I think this game, this weekend, probably from a... From a Matchup perspective, Tip and Limerick has got the. I think this game is fascinating because Clare have this brilliant team still, the nucleus of it that won in All Ireland in 2013. They have an absolutely terrible record against Cork. Cork have a serious forward line, I think, they're, especially like the Horgan, Cadigan, um, Lehan, Lehan, what's the other last name? The Philip sent Harnedy. They have a serious forward line. Yeah. Their midfield and looks a bit suspect, but they always, Bill Cooper always throws in the performance, and then I think their backs are a bit suspect. But then Clare can't get over the line with him. Like the Munster final last year, Clare would have been favourites. I think Munster semi-final two years ago, Clare would have been favourites and just put in terrible performances against Cork. So Cork have their number. Um, again, the loser of this game is It's just, like lose of all these games. Yeah, you lose any game yeah. of this, you're under pressure. Yeah. Whether you lose the first There's game or so the second game. so much at stake. Like, and yeah. that's what makes this, this whole new system so, so yeah. enthralling, like, isn't it? And that's like just four championship yeah. hurling games this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's unbelievable. Like, you know what I mean? And again, only two of them are being shown. It's the two monster ones this weekend. <coughs> yeah, um, I'd, ha- I'd, have a fear, I'd have a bit of fear for Cork this weekend as well. Um, 
as you said, like Clare has so so much potential when it comes down to you know their names and paper, but they haven't they've rarely produced it against Cork in the past. But um, I do fear from at the moment, and I I still think Cork have a problem in the full back line and in full back basically. I think their corners are okay. Um, Spillane has had a great season last year, and I think he'll he should drive on this year. I I think their half back line is is pretty good in, in my eyes, and it's just they haven't settled really through their league campaign and who is going to be centre back. Um, they'd be a man from Newtown Shandy. Tim O'Mahony. Yeah. He'll probably start centre back. They'd have Joyce Wing and they'd have who's the other wing? Uh, Coleman. Coleman, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is strange like having Cork, Cork are Munster champions let's not forget that That's, all yeah. Ireland semi-finalists last yeah. year and Barris ending off could have got to another final they but won. all of a sudden we're back talking about Cork kind of like geez, yeah. they, they might be clear at home in the first game they might oh, yeah. like it's funny how that goes like where's that come from well like it's coming from it's coming from their league campaign really it was they started off so strong against Kilkenny and then they didn't didn't really never showed anything after that. They obviously in the relegation battle and were able to get over a tough game against Waterford. So um I just yeah, I just gone back and I think I still think full back line's a problem. I don't know if Cadigan is the solution. Um I'll hopefully I'll be proven wrong at the weekend. But um as you said, up in the full far line though or the, the actually the half far line and the full far line, there's some serious um yeah. players there. I think, but I think I'm not sure if yeah. Robbie O'Flynn will get his um debut on Sunday. He's from um Aaron's own there local club near us um back home but uh yeah i still i still think cork will have a couple of points to spare over over um yeah. this i think i think just the home advantage i think i'll be putting yeah. cork in by a few points i think the matchups will be key like i think conor lahan if he plays at center forward being marked by david McInerney will be a huge battle mm. like david McInerney is arguably one of the best center backs along with killian buckley maybe potty maher at the moment you've got shane amori will go with Cadigan wherever he goes I'd imagine pace for pace yeah. man mark him out of it if you can take Cadigan and that mm. thread out and you can take Leanne out I think you're looking at a, a clear victory um, I think if Tony Kelly's on his game if the boys get the ball into Conor McGrath and Shane O'Donnell it's very know. hard to see any of the two Cork midfielders staying with Tony Kelly if, he, if he's yeah. on song at all yeah it's been it's an it's, it's yeah. an interesting one. I think you don't with both teams they've shown up in the past and not performed, and they've shown up in the past and thrown on exhibitions. Yeah. So it's what it's, they're kind of like Spurs, maybe both teams. What's what Spurs going to turn up in the morning? Will it be the good one or the bad one? I I, I don't know. It's a big it's a big year for Tony Kelly. I think last year he really misfired, and there was a lot expected of him. Yeah. I think this year, like he really needs to be that leader for Clare, especially if he's playing out in the middle of the field. He's going to be expected to be weighing in with three or four points and playing, driving that Clare team forward. So that'll be fascinating that midfield battle because Cork were very strong there last year. Um, I think I, I think we're in for a cracker actually. To be I honest, I think we will be. I think it's a I think it's a massive year for Cork too. Like I mean, probably I've been talking about it here in the podcast about oh they should have probably could have got to an Ireland final last year. Barra sending off. I mean. They they got a bit of a sniff of it last year, the Munster champions. I think this year now is a time to push on with whatever talent they have and and actually put some put some decent trophies on the board this year. Mm-hmm. The the one thing that thing I might say about it is both teams have questionable leadership, and I mean that from a management point of view. So you've got Jerry O'Connor and the other lad in Clare highly criticised over the last year campaign that they, they didn't know too much about senior hurling they've won all these under 21s they haven't really played too much of it themselves and flattered to deceive last year 
my view on Myler, I'd agree with most people. I don't think he's a top intercompany manager. I don't think he has the backroom team with him either. So you kind of think both teams don't have that inspirational manager. Like you have a Cody, even to a water extent, you have Derek McGrath, like the whole county bought into that. You've got Michael Ryan and Tipperary. You know, you've got really strong leaders. And in the past, Cork teams who have won, they have JBM, they have Don Logrady. They're guys that like would have dro- driven teams on. You have Jerlock Nan and Davey Fitz and Clare, strong leaders. I, I don't think either of these two teams of a strong management team yeah look I think it, it is a big year for Myler so a lot of pressure on him coming in after the great work that Kieran Kingston had done so it will be interesting to see how that's going to unfold I think it's the clear management's probably last year if they don't deliver this year with that bunch of players that they have as well so look bumper weekend ahead for the hurling championship double header on Saturday double header on Sunday we'll be watching with keen interest over the weekend Shawnee you'll be staying up watching on the GA go on a Sunday night will you for Cork mm, Clare probably yeah Definitely, definitely. Is the Leinster games on Saturday this week? Yeah, but they're oh, on the, I don't think they're on the telly. Oh. The t- it's the two Munster games are on Sunday. Um, so we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on them. But anyway, look, that's our predictions. Coming up next, we're going to have a quick look at, at Galway and Mayo before we finish up. To win just once would be enough For those who've lost in life For love For those who've lost their what it means to the fans and to the players. Paddy Andrews in there to celebrate. But once again, defeat is Mayo's lot. Stephen Rochford and his team gave it absolutely everything. Luck just wasn't on their side at the very end of all of that. But it's Dublin who are the champions. It's a record of achievement that must be acknowledged. Final score, Dublin 117, Mayo 116. Right, lads are up and running in the football second weekend Galway Mayo was billed to be a classic huge build up in the media all week huge build up on, on the Sunday game crap match yeah I think most people were expecting a crap match yeah defensive Galway were going defensive Mayo probably didn't know themselves after the league um, it was a tight exciting match which is what you always get if you, but if you go back at the Galway Mayo game for the last two years even they've been low scoring affairs they've been settled by goals from Galway Mayo not being able to get goals because Galway played a defensive game but I think you have to say over the 78 minutes or so Galway were the better team they came out with a goal victory yeah yeah and looking at the first half and the analysis there Kieran Whelan going through like Galway had 13 men behind the ball until the sending off and then the second half Mayo had 13 behind yeah, the ball yeah. Like, you know, I know teams can set up whatever way they want, but I think the, some of the commentary around it has been, like, the championship was so open towards the end of last year, there was a lot of attacking football played, but now we're seeing the front end of the championship is never like that. You know what no. I mean? And it's 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 a hard watch at times. Like, you're sitting down, you could say about Kenny Dublin, the first half of that as a spectacle was poor, second half was a cracker. Like, no matter what, yeah. even though there was sweepers involved and all that. But that was a very drab football affair on Sunday. And... Like, there's a lot of football games I think are going to be like that over the next few weeks. Well, like, there's only one probably analyst in the whole country that can put enough waffle into half an hour to analyse a game than, than Kieran Whelan. Like, he's full of shite, like, to be honest, isn't he? And, and but actually, um, on that analysis as well, Sean Kavanagh was, was raving about it, saying he actually enjoyed the game. Uh, and why loved is the Sean Kavanagh so happy? Uh, well, Do you see, he's yeah. smiling when he's talking. He like it's like he got Botox <laughs> or something. Like, all stuff, like the old stuff championship is, is like that too. Oh it's very defensive, low scoring, and 
they like they like the old tradition of you know the, the battle and the fight and all that we all like, like that but Jesus like not 13 but men behind the ball for the whole but their analysis was pure shite basically Mayo put 13 men behind the ball Galway put 13 men behind the ball it was 12 points all and Galway had one decisive movement and that won the game for him that's yeah. all the analysis yeah. you want to do Jesus Christ Whelan went on for fucking 10 minutes about how the Galway 13 men behind the ball were more structured than the Mayo 13 oh, there's, only so, there's only so many ways you can put 13 men into yeah. your own half like it's just Piling up the fucking shite in front of you, the bar so you can't easy go. On the language is, yeah, the language, the you tried to make it out right. That, that, oh my god, they were so scientific. Look at the Galway lads, they're in a line. Oh my god, Galway's 13 mind the mind the bar was more tactical you than the game. Me. Like, that that clip was rubbish. That clip Drive was rubbish. me absolutely yeah. mental. But the one, the one thing I'd say about the game overall, Galway deserved to win. They were on the roll from the, the league. Mayo kind of probably didn't know themselves coming in. They were down the footballer of the year in 2016, Lee Keegan, the top scorer for the last three years, Killian O'Connor they were probably and then and then when Dearman O'Connor got the, the red card it probably cooked their goose um, v- totally deserved the red card he led with the elbow, yeah, he, the elbow yeah. you see yeah. bloody Conroy's face after it, it was destroyed yeah. it was it was a fair elbow and Dearman O'Connor I think got sent off in the league game against Galway so obviously the old Galway Mayo rivalry going there but I think people are very quick to write off this Mayo team They've got four-week break now, which is a great thing uh, for them. They'll miss Dermot O'Connor next day, but they'll have probably Lee Keegan back. They'll have a fully fit Keelan O'Connor. They'll be hoping to draw maybe the likes of Watford or, or, or Limerick or someone like that in the in the first round of the qualifiers to get them on their way. But Giggles, Des Gall said it on the Sunday game. It's seven games in nine weeks to get to if you want to get to an Ireland yeah. semi-final. But oh, yeah. really, really, that that's taken out of the it's it's three games to get to the Super Eights or four games yeah. to get to Super Eights. They went. They played twelve games last no, year. I know, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. To keep doing that, like whatever about you, you do that one year and you go on that run, like. But to kind of like Sandy Moore now a lot of miles in the clock to go. He's to go through that period now. Like it's a lot to ask year on year to go that route but they've done that for seven years in a row what difference does it make in seven know, years or eight years I, I can guarantee you Mayo will be in the Super 8s yeah. record that one there and <laughs> play it back in a couple of weeks I'll probably I'd, be eating my words but well, no, I, no that's a fair point I think they will get to the Super 8s but like their, their goose will be cooked by them to get to the Super 8s because they won't be able to hack that I think they're finished but people think that Mayo are, are like they're dragged ragged these guys are professionals like they are my, like did you ever listen to Andy Moore and what he does every single week he eats meticulously but he sure goes most to the gym, he does the like but, but not, obviously not most intercounty teams aren't getting to the Ireland final every single year like Mayo is a, a football obsessed county that's all they do they're like the equivalent to Kilkenny except they can't win the feckin thing <laughs> do you know what I mean there's no hurling really there's nothing else to do in Mayo Kilkenny do nothing <laughs> well, else there's nothing else to do in there's, Mayo there's, not, there's probably more to do in Mayo than there is to do in Kilkenny outside hurling right <laughs> comedy festival arts festival rhythm roots festival yeah, surfing in Mayo They've done nothing in Kilkenny except play Ireland for, forever. No. Whereas at least in Watford, we've what had you Watford? Tour de France winners, Premiership medal winners, oh, oh, silver oh, medalists oh, in the Olympics. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Multi, You're actually digging a hole. Stop. stop. <laughs> a multi-talented <laughs> county other than just oh. the one that ends in Kilkenny. But anyway, oh, back to the back to the back to the point we're trying to talk about. This Mayo team will be on the road. They'll have Killian O'Connor back, who, when he came on, made a serious difference. Lee Keegan back in the team. Dermot O'Connor will come back after his suspension. If they get a positive draw, I think they'll go on. Galway now have to go. They'll beat Sligo. Roscommon will beat Leitrim, and you're set up for a great replay in the Connacht final from last year. And Galway will be looking for revenge for that. The one, the one thing I'd say, just focusing on Galway for a second, they, that midfielder who got man of the match, Nocton or something was his name. Yeah, third third year in a row for Galway to beat Mayo. 
third year in Rover Cup. But Damien Comer, like you have to say, Man Mountain. I, I was thinking, I was Liam thinking, football. They, they started Caffrey on the paper, and I was thinking, oh Lord, Caffrey will get cleaned out here. And it's they brought Barrett, Barrett onto Man Mountain, yeah. who was a good band marker, but. Even Barrett, physicality-wise, couldn't get near Damien. No. Damien Comer, I think he could kick four points from play, and he was instrumental in everything Galway did. He, he He's a serious player. And if Galway are to kind of continue going, they need to keep him isolated one-on-one uh, and, and, and kicking scores. Yeah, yeah. look, it was, I suppose it was the big game from the weekend. Giggles thinks May are going to be in the semi-final. I, I, I love to see him all back there. It's not that I don't, but I just think it's going to be it's going to be a tough, tough, tough year ahead for what him. What about Tom Parsons' injury? His hyperextension know, was yeah, horrible, brutal. wasn't it? Ah, it's brutal. Like they didn't show it on the Sunday game in the highlights, which is a good thing, really. Like, yeah. Because you know, the slow motion replays Shocking. and the pictures going around of that are horrific. I hate seeing those injuries. We wish him all the best in, in his recovery on that one. But just on, I suppose it was the first weekend of the proper Sunday game. They went for this new approach on the oh, yeah. on the Sunday. They had um. <laughs> They were obviously up at the match in Castlebar, right? Which is grand. And they had Sheffield and the boys in the studio in Castlebar for the hurling. And then they went to Parallel Park for the commentary. But we had this weird setup before where they're talking amongst fans who are in this ante room with them. Yeah. It was really strange. So you had all these lads in Mayo jerseys yeah. watching the boys talking about the hurling, like just standing there looking at them, no way interacting or reacting to what they're talking about it was very really, awkward looking it was really it? awkward looking yeah. they were probably trying to recreate what they do in the footy show over here or something along those lines or what's the thing that your man Parkinson does where he has the lads on no, the couch or the I get what they're trying to do but it was just it was just it was poorly weird. executed poorly executed yeah. and then they moved from when they did that initial setup into their own little studio and they got rid of the fans so yeah. I, you know it was just yeah. a, it was really weird then we had Michael Lester who was like completely like in a world of his own on Sunday called Chef and Chef Chef and what yeah. do you think of that Chef brutal wasn't it do you know what I mean I don't know. that I was think awkward Mike, I think Michael that. Lester has a license to do whatever he wants he's been running the Sunday game for 30 plus years he's he's an institution he's True. an institution he right? but watching him on Sunday like he'll ask a question and he'll get a response back and rather than interrogate or maybe mm. find a kind of an avenue to bring someone to he goes right so coming up next like he won't even acknowledge what was said or elaborate on a point he cuts off people a lot of the time I, I don't think as a host he's a, like he's at the face of the Sunday yeah. game and he's about to finish up but I thought he was really off on Sunday and we did, I did a little tweet about the Michael Lester <laughs> thing and tagged in Shefflin and saying Michael Lester just called at Henry Shefflin chef on the Sunday game hashtag here chef got a little like off Henry Shefflin so delighted with that, Liam, delighted, delighted with that. <laughs> so we're hoping now Henry if you're listening it sounds like you could be a big fan of the show we might get you on the next couple of weeks talking all things Michael Lester maybe give us a bit of an insight on that good man chef man chef <laughs> but um, just on yeah we, we had also a couple of big results in the footballers we had Wicklow getting a win Carlo getting a win Wicklow have been very hard done by their due to play at Dublin in Wicklow they had the home tie and the powers that be in Leinster have decided to move the game to Portleash which I think look as the Wicklow manager John Evans said after match Dublin can go ahead and beat us by 10, 20, 30 points that's fine we don't care we're delighted after getting our win but to take that home game away from I think like for what's the point like it's you, just double standards in the GA isn't it if a game is fixed for a home venue for the winners of that game it should have been a, a win they were expecting yeah. who, who did Wicklow beat? Offaly so they were expecting it to be in, in Tullamore in Omore yeah. Park or something like yeah. that um, yeah, she's she's a disgrace. It's crap, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, because like, yeah. you think Ockram would have get a, a great day, but the dubs would come to it no matter what. It'd be yeah. a seller, and it might be only. I think it only hold ten thousand Ockram, but that's what it can hold. Yeah. It's not a substandard venue. It still has this, like a covered stand. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a really poor decision by Leinster GA. To it's probably the new GA president now swinging the old dick, looking pushing the power around. Start Jesus, from the start. 
What about what We're about hoping this? to get him on the show <laughs> later on the What about the new this new football tactic leash are adapting with uh, the fly goalkeeper? Fly goalkeeper. Brilliant, that. Oh it? yeah. I've seen that. And he ran up the field at the end. Yeah. yeah. Like, when they were down, they were down. a point, I think. Yeah. It was actually it was actually trialed already in the junior Connacht final between Mayo and Rascommon. Oh, I read that. Three, yeah. Four weeks ago, the Mayo goalie came up, Mayo were two points down, the fly goalie ran up the field, caught a ball, gave the hand pass, and resulted in the winning goal for Mayo. Oh. So it wasn't actually an, a new thing. It was Mayo. Tried. It's Mayo or Pioneer in this show. Well, oh if you can, if you can go up for the example football. before, they team, do nothing I, up I, there on eat, sleep, drink football. That's all it is. <laughs> that's all it is. Not, yeah. not in Mayo, sure. Not in Kilkenny either. <laughs> uh, but look, that's it for, for this weekend. Shawnee has a, we have a serious rib injury, lads. He's been for an MRI and an ultrasound. Is that right, Shawnee? An ultrasound and extra. An ultrasound and extra. And when are you getting the results? Tomorrow, Liam. It was something you're bending over picking I think up. It's all, it's all I think that's all he said. I think the extra said. <laughs> So hopefully the results come back good with that, Shani. We don't want you out of action for too long. And you started a new job today, Shani. Day one, how was that new routine upset you a bit? You had to get a train to work. Tough going, Liam. Very tough yeah, going. Yeah, used to your comforts in your yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. It's not nice being with the, the filthy, unwashed public on the train, is it? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that for a different podcast. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it for, for this evening. Giggles, thanks for having us down here tonight. No worries, lads. Shawnee, thanks for making along after your, your first day at the new job. Thanks, lads. Good to be here. See you next week. And we'll be back next week. We're on a roll here. Um, thanks for tuning in the big numbers last week. Don't forget to tweet us on Akadeja. Into the show, struggling here. Um, also on Instagram, Akadeja and Gadeja at gmail.com. And finally, today's show is brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Have a good night, everyone. Take care.